Hello and welcome to our podcast, Carefully Examining the Text. And today we want to look at Psalm 47 in our time together. One writer said that Psalm 47 is a noisy psalm. It begins with a lot of noise right away as the people are called to clap and to shout with a voice of joy. In verse 5, they are said to sound a trumpet. That's why Psalm 47 is described as a noisy psalm. And Psalm 47 celebrates God, God as King over all the earth. Listen to these words for the choir director, a psalm for the sons of Korah. O clap your hands, O peoples, shout to God with the voice of joy. For the Lord Most High is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. He subdues peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chooses our inheritance for us, the glory of Jacob, whom he loves, Salah. God has ascended with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our King, sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth, sing praises with a skillful psalm. God reigns over the nations, God sits on His holy throne. The princes of the people have assembled themselves as the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong to God, He is highly exalted. The psalm calls upon people to celebrate the fact that God is king. In the first verse, O clap your hands and shout to the Lord. These activities are sometimes associated with the enthronement of an earthly king. You see that when Samuel anointed Saul in 1 Samuel 10 verse 24 or when Absalom tried to proclaim himself king in 2 Samuel 15 and verse 10, when Solomon was announced as king in 1 Kings 1 verse 39, Jehu 2 Kings 9 verse 13, and Joash in 2 Kings 11 and verse 12. When each of these men were made king, there was shouting, There was clapping. There was celebration. And so when God is recognized as king, all nations, and notice it is all nations who are celebrating this, all peoples are to clap their hands and to celebrate for God is king. For all the people to celebrate a new king means that king must be a good ruler and a righteous ruler, or at least some have hopes of that. But with God, we know that is the case. O clap your hands, O people. Shout to God with a voice of thanksgiving. You notice the word for, which is placed at the beginning of the New American Standard in Psalm 47 in verse 2. It is also placed at the beginning of verse 7 and later in verse 9. And the for often gives a reason to praise or to celebrate. 
The nations are called to clap their hands. They are called to shout because the God, the Lord, is the most high, high the Lord most high is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. Again, don't miss the fact that the sphere of God's rule is all the earth, both in verse 2 and in verse 7. God is said to rule over all the earth. He is also proclaimed as king in verse 6 and is the subject of praises in that particular verse. And God as king, in verse 3, subdues peoples under us and nations under our feet. Often when a king was victorious over enemies in battle, the soldiers of his army put their feet upon the necks of their foes. Joshua 10, 24 illustrates this, and this demonstrates the complete subjection that the foe had to the new conquering king. And God is king over all peoples. He is going to conquer them in a unique way, as we will see in Jesus in just a moment. But here in verse 3, he subdues peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chooses our inheritance for us, the glory of the God of Jacob, whom he loves, Selah. God defeating the foes in the land of Canaan, putting those under Israel's feet, and giving Israel the land as an inheritance is a demonstration that God is king. Verse 5 says, He has ascended with a shout, the Lord with the sound of the trumpet. In Psalm 68, in verse 18, you read of God ascending in similar words. God has ascended with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. In verse 6, there are only six words in the Hebrew text. Four of those are imperatives which say sing praises. So four of the six words in the Hebrew text of verse 6 call attention to praising God. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises for God. For God is the King of all the earth. He is King of all the earth. As verse 2 stated, all the world is under his dominion. Sing praises with skillful psalms. So there are five imperatives in all in verses 6 and 7, calling upon the nations, the peoples, all the earth to praise God. In verse 8, God reigns over the nations. He sits on his holy throne. He reigns over the nations. In Hebrew, the word for reign is from the same root word of the word king, which is used in verse 2, in verse 6, and in verse 7. But this word is pointed as a verb. God reigns. It's the same word as king. God is king. God reigns over the nations. He sits on his holy throne. And I want to tell you, it is true God sits on his throne. 
when there is a company of people praising him or when no one recognizes it, God is still on his throne. In the book of Revelation, we have the New Testament book, which puts the most emphasis of God on his throne. And God is on his throne whether men recognize it or whether they don't. And he is king over all the earth. In verse 9, the princes of the people assembled themselves as the people of the God of Abraham, for the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. Several things to point out here. The word shields is sometimes used in parallelism with the word king. Psalm 89 verse 18 is an example of that. Are the shields the actual rulers of the earth who belong to God, or is this saying even the greatest of military weapons belong to him, as Psalm 46 verse 9 indicated? the end of the psalm, God is said to be highly exalted. This is the same root word translated ascend. In verse 5, God has ascended with a shout. And it's the same root word when God is described as the most high. In verse 2, the most high. He is ascended. He is highly exalted. All of these terms call attention to the fact that God is over all. He has dominion over everything. A brief psalm, a noisy psalm, calling us to praise God and to exalt his name. Now certainly what we have done is only touch the surface of a few things that are found in the psalms. But let us again illustrate, as we seek to do in several of our podcasts, how Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of Psalm 47. And in a very real way, all of these psalms tell the gospel story. All of them do. For example, in verse 1, as the people are told to shout to God with the voice of joy. The word that is used for joy in the Greek translation of the Old Testament is used five times in the New Testament. And one of those five times is when Mary comes to visit Elizabeth and the baby in Elizabeth's womb leaps for joy at the presence of the child Jesus. Luke 1 in verse 44. This word is used in Acts 2 in verse 46 to describe the gladness and the joy of the early church. Truly shout to God with the voice of joy. All of this deals with the joy that exists because our Christ has come into the world and because of the salvation that he has brought into the world. So, the text emphasizes the attitude of celebration to Christ, and it emphasizes that Christ's dominion is over all nations. He is said to be the king over all the earth, or God is said to be the king of all the earth in Psalm 
in Psalm uh, 47, in verse 2, in verse 7. But you remember that Jesus said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Jesus has dominion over all, according to Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. He has dominion over those who recognize his reign. He has dominion over those who don't recognize his reign. Jesus has dominion over all. He has all authority in heaven and in earth. And Matthew 25, 32 says that one day all nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides the sheep from the goats. So the psalm calls us to joy. The psalm shows us the dominion of God is over all the earth, both of these fulfilled in Jesus. And just as God is proclaimed in, as king in verse 2, in verse 6, in verse 7 of Psalm 47, so Jesus is constantly proclaimed as king. You remember the Magi coming from the east and asking in Jerusalem the question, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? But in the New Testament, Jesus is constantly referred to as king. And you remember that above Jesus' head, as he hung up on the cross, was this message in three languages, Jesus, the king of the Jews. Some of the Jews opposed this message and said, Herod, you need to write, or Pilate, you need to write, that he said that he was king of the Jews. But Pilate says, no, what I have written, I have written. And so all who passed by and looked at the inscription over Jesus' head read the truth, Jesus, the king of the Jews. Jesus is king. Even in a situation like the cross, and maybe we could say, especially in the sense of the cross, for there are heavy concentration of New Testament passages which stress Jesus as king are centered around the cross of Christ. I just invite you to get out a concordance for the word king, Look it up and see the passages that proclaim Jesus as king and notice how many of them focus on the crucifixion of Christ, upon the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus is a king who seeks to subdue all peoples by his love for us. Jesus said, in John 12, verses 32 and 33, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Jesus is seeking to conquer us, not by force of arms, but by love. That's the way he seeks to conquer us. Now, he will ultimately subdue all nations and all peoples, and every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. But he is seeking to win us over by love. Also, Jesus, by raising from the dead, by being raised from the dead, has put 
all enemies underneath his feet. Ephesians 1, 20 through 23. And 1 Corinthians 15, verses 24 and 25 says the last enemy to be put under his feet is death. And so death will be put under the feet of Jesus who has raised from the dead. And just as this psalm celebrates the fact in verse 5 that God has ascended, so Jesus has ascended. This is the same word used in the New Testament. The same word used in the Greek Old Testament is the same word used in the New Testament to describe Jesus' ascension in John 20 in verse 17. In Acts chapter 2, in verse 34, Jesus has ascended. And Jesus has included among his people all nations. You see, the promises of God to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, is that all nations would be blessed. And we see that picture in Psalm 47 in verse 9. As the princes of the people assembled themselves as the people of the God of Abraham. This pictures the God of Abraham being worshipped by all peoples and by all nations. All nations are being blessed by Christ, the seed of Abraham. Paul t- writes about this theme in Romans 4 in, ver- in Romans 4 and in Galatians 3 that God's people would include the Gentiles as well as the Jews. Oh yes, Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of the promises to Abraham. He has ascended and he has chosen us in him. Like the Bible states here in verse 4, he chose our inheritance, Psalm 47, verse 4, and he chose us in Christ, Ephesians 1, verse 4. And just as God prepared an inheritance for Israel in the land of Canaan in Psalm 47, verse 4, so God has prepared for us an inheritance in heaven in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. In our response to all of this, our response of joy of Christ coming into the world, our response to Christ being exalted on the cross and subduing all peoples and putting all enemies underneath his feet via his love on the cross, the response to him being ascended into heaven and being king over all nations and preparing us a heavenly home, is that we sing praises to our God. Sing praises. This psalm is worthy of more attention than we've given it, but may it lead us to praise God, to praise Christ. May God bless you.